everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez. And in this segment, we are going to discuss the upcoming solstice, the Kala Sarpa yoga that is going to take place in the night sky, as well as touch on duality and the four aims of life. Before we get started, I do want to remind you all that I have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. And by becoming a patron, you will receive access to weekly horoscopes for each of the 12 zodiac signs. So every Monday I post, again, a personalized horoscope for each of the 12 signs that helps you prepare for your week. And every week I post at least one recorded educational session that helps you learn how to decode your birth chart. So for example, in the previous sessions, we've done the first house ruler through the houses. So no matter where your first house ruler is, there is a segment for you to learn more about your chart. And now we've just started a series on Saturn through the houses. So wherever your Saturn is placed, there's going to be a segment learning how that's going to influence your birth chart. So if you're interested in learning more and interested in more Astrology Now content, Patreon may be a good place for you. The other announcement that I have that I'm so excited about is that I introduced Astrology Lab to my website. And so if you are interested in drop-in classes where we get together to look at charts and study astrology, I have two classes a week available. One of them is a beginner's class and one of them is a more seasoned class. And what these classes look like is that we get together on a Zoom call, we look at birth charts, and we learn astrology and in the beginners of course it's going to be geared for those who are new to astrology and in the seasoned lab it is going to be geared for those who have a little bit better of a foundation with astrology already but there's going to be information and content for everyone and again it's a drop-in class so as many of you know first of all the best way to learn astrology is looking at tons of birth charts. I say this all the time. So this is an opportunity again to look at a lot of birth charts and get experience with seeing what's out there and seeing what different configurations mean. And then the other thing is I'm a yoga teacher and I've taught yoga for a really long time and I've always loved having weekly classes where I see students every week and we develop rapport, we build community, and I develop a connection with the students. And so by creating this, I feel like I'm creating an opportunity to have that experience with teaching astrology. So again, I would love to see you in class. I would love to meet you and get going on learning some astrology. So those are some new offerings I have. Please feel free to check them out at innerknowing.yoga. You can also find a free chart calculator there to calculate your Vedic birth chart. Again, innerknowing.yoga. You'll go to offerings and then chart and be able to calculate your birth chart. So getting into the content for today. So we have the upcoming solstice on December 21st, and I'm sure many of you have noticed that this is the same day that we are going to experience the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter. And Saturn and Jupiter have not been this close together since 1226. So this is hundreds of years ago. This is such a rare occasion for Saturn and Jupiter to come together in this way. And What's so interesting 
is that again, the solstice is going to take place on December 21st, around 5.02 a.m. Eastern time. And what the solstice, what the winter solstice is, is when the sun shines directly on the tropic of Capricorn. Does that sound familiar? We have so much energy happening in Capricorn right now. Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto will enter Capricorn soon enough. And so if you are having a Saturn return in Capricorn, which I know many of you are, this is paramount for you. If you have your moon in Capricorn or you're a Capricorn ascendant, even if you have many planets in Capricorn, it's like the spotlight is on you. It is time to grow. It is time to change. It's time to transform. And the solstice, the winter solstice, first of all, let me say, solstice translates into the earth stands still, which I love. And the winter solstice is a time to embrace yin energy. This is when we have the longest night of the year and the shortest day of the year. And so there's an emphasis on turning inward, not being so productive, not having this outwardly projected energy, not doing and creating and having this need to create and do and produce. It's embracing rest as a part of our creative process, of our process of productivity. And what I like to think about is that nature, the most powerful force in the universe, goes through a cycle where the leaves die, babies are not being born, it's cold outside, animals are hibernating, things are asleep, things are resting. And this period of rest is absolutely necessary in order to have the bounce of spring and the revival and the regrowth. We wouldn't be able to experience this rejuvenation of life and creation if we didn't have the cycle and period of rest and renewal. And so again, if the most powerful force in the universe needs to rest, so do we. And so it's such a good time to allow yourself rest, remind yourself that it's okay to take rest. I feel that as humans, we get so disconnected from the cycles of the universe, you know, from the cycles of mother nature. And I think that this is the source of so much of our disease. And when we look around, humans are the only creatures that don't abide by the cycles of nature. And these cycles are here for a reason. And we are of the elements. We are of this earth. We were born to fall in alignment with her patterns. Um, and yet we've constructed a society where we wake up at the same time every day. We are productive year round. We have progress reports. We have deadlines. We have things that we need to show our work for constantly, all the time, all year, never stops, right? We get maybe a few weeks off of rest. And 
I'm not saying that this is inherently wrong, but what I am suggesting is that allowing ourselves to acknowledge the cycles of nature and acknowledge how those are attached to us, how we are attached to them, can help bring a new level of softness and surrender and generosity with our energy being compassionate with our energy and not beating ourselves up if we need to take a break. If we need to take time for rejuvenation. And the most important part of all of this is remembering that your rest, your surrender, taking time to pause is a paramount element of your productivity and of your creative process. Those two things cannot live without each other. You're not going to be able to be productive and operate at the caliber that you may want to be operating at if you don't seize this other aspect of rest and renewal. So try to find a balance, try to be compassionate, and keep that in mind as we move throughout the season. Touching on Capricorn and this incredible energy that is being focused on Capricorn. So Capricorn is the maturity and our structures, as I've been mentioning. It can be it can be currency and the government, of course, but when it's relating to ourself, it's it has such a profound emphasis on our structures, our responsibility. And so the thing that comes to my mind are the four aims of life. And the four aims of life are artha, which is security or finances, kama, which is pleasure or relationships, dharma, which is ethics, and moksha, which is spirituality. I should say dharma is also like our responsibilities. And so for those of you who don't know, in Vedic astrology, the artha houses are the finance houses, houses 2, 6, and 10. The kama houses are the relationship houses, houses 3, 7, and 11. Dharma are the houses of passion and ethics and where we feel a great need to achieve something great, okay? Houses 1, 5, and 9. And then moksha are the spiritual houses, houses 4, 8, and 12. And so because Capricorn is so responsible, you know, and asks us to be an adult, asks us to take care of ourselves, I think it's such a good time to review these areas of our life and notice, is there anything that we can take away from our day-to-day life that can support these areas? Is there anything that we can implement that can support these areas? And you may get out a sheet of paper and write them down, right? Security, finances, relationships, responsibility, ethics, and spirituality. And maybe just write down one or two things that you can implement into your day that's going to be supportive of these areas of life. The four aims of life are the areas that we are supposed to be focusing on all the time. If we're focusing on these areas and we're tending to them every day and investing time and energy into helping them flourish, this is how we have a life of balance. And I think that it's so easy to ignore at least one of them. I know that for me, 
I can get on the artha kick and the dharma kick and the moksha kick and then days go by and I'm like, oh my God, I haven't seen any of my friends. I haven't seen any of my loved ones. And without that, I start losing creative power. I start feeling unmotivated. I start feeling sad and lonely. And then the rest of the areas start to suffer. And so by keeping a well-rounded investment of my time in these four areas keeps me balanced and happy and secure in my life. And so that's for me personally, and I wanted to offer that to you all as well, because this is a time of taking responsibility of our lives. This is what Capricorn is all about. Capricorn does not shunt responsibility. It shows up for responsibility passionately and with excitement. It's like, yes, I want responsibility. I want to take this on and I have the capacity to do it. And so seizing that, seizing power of your life and not not falling victim to external circumstance. You have the power and the ability to create stability for yourself. You have the power and the ability to invest time in these areas of your life and care into these areas of your life and nourish yourself. Create that balance for yourself despite any external circumstance. So I hope that that is helpful. And discussing this Kala Sarpa yoga. So the Kala Sarpa yoga is going to form on December 31st, aside from the moon. So a Kala Sarpa yoga is when all of the planets are hemmed between the karmic nodes of Rahu and Ketu. So if you were to look into the night sky, all of the planets would be on one side of the zodiac. So for example, right now, Rahu is in Taurus, Ketu is in Scorpio, So that means all of the planets are going to be between Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, and Taurus. Does that make sense? So there's not going to be any planets in Gemini, Cancer, Leo, or Virgo for a while. I believe the Kala Sarpa breaks around March 26th, 2021. Um, So from December... The end of December, December 31st to March 26th, we're going to be in this Kala Sarpa. And Kala means time. Sarpa means serpent. So this is time serpent yoga. So much around transformation and change, right? This is what life is all about. And in periods of Kala Sarpa, it's usually a time of great change and transformation and there's generally some flux there are things in movement things that are changing and turning I believe that this will be a period of intensity I think it's going to be a period of change there are certainly going to be things in 2021 that are very different than what we've previously been experiencing um But I ultimately think it's going to be for the better. I think that we're going to move through this Kala Sarpa and come out on the other side with revival. And what makes me say that is I do think between the months of February and March, we're going to see a turn in the world around us and in the economy. I think that things are going to start, I don't want to say going back to normal, but 
there's going to be a lot more freedom. And I think there's going to be a deep healing that occurs around the beginning of 2021. And so I think that this time serpent yoga is setting ourselves up for that change, for that time and that period of growth. Okay. So just know that wherever Kala Sarpa is occurring in your birth chart as well, this is going to be a monumental time of transformation and change and growth. So for example, you know, if you have Rahu in your first house, if you're a Taurus ascendant and K2 is in your seventh house of relationship, the Kala Sarpa is taking place on the right side of your chart. It's all around uh, being out in the world, being seen falling in alignment with your path, but then also most importantly, it's going to affect you, how you view yourself. And then of course, relationships and intimacy because the Kala Sarpa is occurring in the first and the seventh. So you'd want to apply that to your own chart. So where is Rahu and K2 transiting? Okay. And that's going to show you what area of your life is just totally going to flip and change and transform. It's super exciting to think about. So I wanted to touch on the Kala Sarpa. And then I had taken a note, when planets start passing through Aquarius and passing through the nakshatra of Shadabishak, I think that this is when things are really going to start healing. I, I don't know if it's going to be a vaccine or something else, but there's going to be new medical advancements that are accessible at that time. So this may be around the period that vaccines are becoming much more readily available. And so again, that's going to be in the earlier part of um, 2021. And coming back to this idea of Rahu and Ketu and Kala Sarpa Yoga, Rahu and Ketu are the karmic nodes. These are the karmic influences. Without Rahu and Ketu, I don't know if we would be born in this life and have this incarnation because they are the karmic indicators okay and k2 is constantly detaching us and pulling us away from the material world this is where we are mature rahu is attaching us pulling us into the material world it's an area of our life where we are less mature and i'm saying this because no matter what we have this connection to duality and Without complete connection to one, we are also going to embody some element of the other. So being productive, rest and renewal, being attached to the world, having some element of detachment. And this is what I really wanted to talk about is that with the current planetary placements, I believe we're being asked first to look at what's important in our lives and commit to it. And I've been saying that for months is getting in alignment with what you believe to be true and what you believe to be important and not stepping back from that. That's, that's the change is you decide how you're supposed to be treated. You decide what virtues are important in your life. You decide what regimen is important in your life, how one goes about their life, right? What they find important. But then you don't negotiate on that. That's how we lose ourselves. It's saying, hey, 
I deserve to be treated with love and respect. Okay, that's easy. It's easy to say. But then when somebody treats us otherwise, how do we show up for ourselves? Because that's the change. What we have control over is how we choose to interact with those elements. So if somebody is treating you without love and without respect, you need to do something to change that. You need to either remove yourself from the situation or have a conversation with this person and and try to find a way to bring more love and appreciation and respect to you. If you decide that it's important for your spiritual growth to wake up in the morning and meditate and take five minutes of stillness, then it's important that you wake up and meditate and take those five minutes of stillness. It's really a good time to start showing up in your life and not negotiating on what you hold valuable. Okay, so I wanted to say that. And then also, approaching life by knowing there are always going to be circumstances that we cannot control. This is a part of life. And it's disappointing (laughs) because humans want to control things, right? I want to control things for sure. I'm not above that at all. Um, And it's a practice for everyone to understand that there are things beyond our control. And by virtue of being a human, by signing up to be incarnated on this planet, we know that things around us are going to end. And this is heartbreaking. It can certainly be heartbreaking. But how can we live in this world fully invested, fully engaged, enjoy every moment, every blessing, while still maintaining some element, I don't want to say of detachment, but really an element of knowing that one day it won't be there anymore. And this is finding that balance of Rahu and Ketu. It's being engaged and appreciating and maintaining connection to the material world because we are of the material world to an extent. And as humans, you know, we're meant to enjoy these aspects of our life, even coming back to the, the four aims of life with our security and our dharma, our relationships and our spirituality. Being engaged, being invested, finding appreciation, living so fully in the present moment, while also understanding that there is something beyond this. And what is real, with a capital R, and true, with a capital T, is eternal. And so with that, not having a lot of expectation living from a place of renewal, letting new experiences show you something new and trying not to live out of a wounded place, which again, I know is super hard. um, But allowing new people to teach us new things, allowing new experiences to show us new things and not letting experiences from the past create an impression that hinders us in living from a space of renewal. And so an example of that may be you got fired from your job and now you think you're worthless and you don't think that you deserve a good job and maybe you're not even going to apply for your dream job because you don't think that you deserve it. All of that is rubbish. Seeing yourself from a new perspective, understanding that you deserve your dream job, that you are worthy 
beyond your job, right? That's the truth. What is real is that you are inherently worthy despite anything material. And allow that fact to liberate you in the choices that you make. And most importantly, understanding that the universe wants you to be happy. And I know it doesn't feel that way all the time because there are these things beyond our control. Um, But the universe wants you to be happy. You are supported and you are completely valuable independently of anything else. So I hope that this all was helpful. I hope that you have a wonderful winter solstice and you take rest and you allow yourself to fall into the cycles. The final thing I'll say about the solstice and winter is that it's a good time to eat cooked food. So when we come into a season that's cold and dry, it's good to have things like warm cooked vegetables, warm soup, warm tea, eating food that's more easy to digest. Um, And this is going to help you again, kind of stay in that cycle of nature. Another thing is maybe going to bed a little bit earlier when the sun is going down and rising, um, when the sun is coming up and spending time outside, letting your skin touch the cold air and maybe taking off your shoes and walking on the cold earth and just reminding yourself that this is a cycle of rest and renewal and it's imperative for your next rebirth, your next cycle of productivity and creativity. And that they all exist within one another. That's, that's the important takeaway message is that it all exists within one another. So I hope that this was helpful. If you would like to schedule a reading with me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit my website, innerknowing.yoga and schedule yourself. Please follow me on Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast, and I would love to see you become a patron of the podcast. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Thank you.